0: To Still Buffering, A Cross-Generational Guide to the Culture That Made Us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy.
1: And I'm Taylor Smurl. So, our weekly check-in before we get started. Everybody Mm -hmm. doing well? Well.
0: Y'all doing okay?
1: Well, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well is the word, I think. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well. It uh, could be better, it could be worse. It's kind of in a a forever purgatory, I think. Hmm wow mm.
1: okay that got dark fast all right <laughs> no like you know what
0: i mean just like it just yeah. like stuck in in between just like being feeling like everything's normal and feeling like awful yeah somewhere I, yeah. in the middle
1: <laughs> I, I feel like i'm just like this like i'm, I'm a ghost that haunts my own apartment like, yeah <laughs> <just> wander around <laughs> and scream at the walls and some part of me believes like i don't know is this like an others moment like maybe maybe i am a ghost <laughs> maybe there are people here that are scared of me i don't know you are not a ghost. We can see you in here. <laughs> this hear is you. all a dream. Maybe this is, yeah, that you know, this could just be like weird electronic residue from my past. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe I'm dead and don't know it. Could be. It, it definitely has a Groundhog Day feel, yeah, yeah. right. That definitely is true. And tell you when you sent me that video from Space Ghost Coast to Coast <laughs> of Brack singing, What Day Is It?
0: yeah, yep. <laughs>
1: that especially the chorus maybe it's tomorrow and maybe, <laughs> maybe it's, it's not <laughs> maybe it's
0: yesterday i just, I just forgot <laughs> that's where we are i don't know dad was uh, remarking on the similarities to that scene in the jerk where he's like, in the first day, it felt like three days. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the second day, <laughs> it's like some days feel like a week, some days feel like ten minutes. I don't, I don't really know what day it is anymore, or what time know. of
1: year it is. Yeah. I have this has caused me. I've talked before about Charlie's homework assignments, and this I we, we've been so on the ball trying to like. Part of it is just you run out of new ideas of stuff to do with your kids. <laughs> When you're trying to constantly come up with new things to do with them inside your house mm. and, in, and in your backyard, like when those yep. are your limitations, I don't know, maybe I, maybe if I was more creative, although creativity is a real problem right now. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's a real problem. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> true. I mean, just getting there. But uh, I we were keeping up on all of her homework-ish. I mean, it's preschool, so it's not really homework. You know what I mean? They're like home. They called them home-based activities or something.
0: It's just like a fun craft to do at home. <laughs> it's like
1: a recommendation, yeah. too. It's like not. But the one thing that they were pretty clear on this last one was make a chalk drawing and send us a picture. And they were I, they going to put them all together into a collage. Okay, cool. We can we can handle that. We draw chalk all the time. So that same day that we first got the assignment, took the kids outside, drew a chalk. Charlie drew Pac-Man and some of the ghosts Very and cool. some cherries. That's good not sure what the current obsession is with pac-man we have never played pac-man i i don't know <laughs> i mean there are worse video games i no i have no problem with pac-man i just don't know sometimes your kids get this yeah. stuff and it's like where
0: did pac-man enter to your justin somewhere yeah, i mean just, i guess
1: <laughs> it was just dna built into
0: yeah she,
1: she was born with pac-man fever <laughs> She requested that song yesterday. We were having a tea party. I actually tweeted about this. We were having a tea party, and she was like, um, I, I, "We were pretending to be the Peppa Pig family, of course." And I was like, "Peppa, what?
0: go ahead with your mummy pig impression, Sydney." <laughs> I don't want to do mummy. No, I'm so you bad do it. at you, gotta do it now. You, you started it. You got to finish yeah. it. Peppa,
1: Georgie, what? <laughs> what music? does one have at a proper tea party? And she was like, immediately, not didn't miss a beat. Alexa, play Pac-Man Fever, please. (laughs) (laughs) Immediately. And I'm like, that's tea party music? Pac-Man Fever? Anyway. So she drew Pac-Man and the Ghosts, and I took a picture of it. And I hadn't sent it to her teacher yet, thank goodness, Mm -hmm. because her teacher sends out to the class, or to all the adults, on this app that we have, that we communicate through, uh, she sends out a picture of what she's put together so far as a reminder, like, here's what I've got so far of all the kids. Now, don't forget to send it in your picture. And what this is, is their class photo. Oh, Wait, what? Oh,
0: no. This is going to be their
1: class photo because they won't have a class photo because they didn't get mm-hmm. to do that. So she's putting together. It's very sweet. It's a lovely idea. A class photo of each of them with a chalk drawing. Not of a, <laughs> Not a chalk drawing. Of a chalk drawing. <laughs> So there's all these adorable pictures of these cute little pre-K kids with their chalk drawings. And they're all like dressed nicely. And they've some of them have like posed with like they're laying on the pavement, like interacting with the picture, you know, Mm -hmm. and they've written their names in chalk and they're just great. And I have a picture of like Charlie's feet (laughs) next to Pac-Man. I
0: mean that's a good representation of of Charlie. <laughs> that's a, yeah, I like the individuality there, you know. Yeah.
1: So I so this morning cuz we realized this last night and it was due today. So this morning I like I got Charlie I was like you have to get dressed and I have to do your hair today. I know that seems weird. We've just been letting you wear whatever you put on every day, but mm-hmm. I'm actually going to make you wear something that you will, Because I know the way Charlie is. I mean, I don't care. But if she looks at a picture of all of her friends all like looking yeah. cute with their chalk drawings and she's like pajamas and raggedy hair, she's going to get upset. Mm-hmm. So I make her get ready. I make her do her hair. I take her out to the driveway. I have to talk her through like, no, we can't draw a cake the size of the entire driveway. Like, no, we do not have time or chalk for that.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, right.
1: I do the whole thing and we get it in two minutes before. Wow. Yes, of her holding – she drew a cake, and she posed next to it like she was holding it, and she wrote her That's name. That's good. That was very yes. Charlie. It was very Charlie, and it was all rainbow-colored, and she had flowers mm. in her hair. And so that sounds right. Of course, then the teacher today during the Zoom meeting was like, I know most of you don't have your pictures in for the collage. Don't worry. We're still working on it. We'll get it together sooner or later. <laughs> I was going to say, I bet they're operating. I bet they ha- have some extended deadlines for the pre cake <laughs> Yeah. I'm yes. like, no, sorry. You missed it. You fail. You're
0: and we are not yeah. in
1: the picture. <laughs> you don't get to be in the picture. I know. After all that, like, frantically, it was fine. It was fine. But anyway. Mm. So... That's what that's what we've been up to is forgetting to do our homework until the morning of. Yeah, well, Sounds I, like me. Yeah, I, was, I think a lot of people are in that boat right now. Probably yeah. <laughs> a- anything for the adrenaline rush, right? Yeah,
0: <laughs> feel anything.
1: Well, now, Riley, are you? You're done though, right? Like you're. Yes, done though. No um, we're
0: recording this on the last day of April on Wednesday. I had four classes that just required an essay as my final, and one that was an exam, and my one exam was on Monday. So, uh, I had to turn in four other essays. Two were due on Tuesday, one was due today, one is due tomorrow, but I just figured, you know what, the sooner I write all these essays, the sooner I am done for the semester. So, I, Tuesday I wrote both essays that were due on Tuesday, and, uh, yesterday, no, Monday I wrote both essays that were due on Tuesday. Tuesday I wrote both essays that were due on Wednesday and Thursday. So, So you're done. I turned them both in last night at about 2.30, um, uh, you know they're done they're in all well, my Yay. teachers have been pretty good about some some more lenient grading since all of this has happened so not too worried about it and uh all the matters is i'm done with this <laughs> awful weird dreamscape of a semester <laughs> well congratulations you made it Thank I you. Know. that's I wonderful officially halfway done with college
1: Maybe we can sneak you a white claw tonight to celebrate. (laughs) Uh Sydney. Don't go on record saying that. I'm a teen. I would never. (laughs) The alcohol police will come to your door.
0: (laughs) How old does it make both of you feel that I am now halfway done with college and only two years away from (sighs) the real world? I mean, it's more school, but. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, who knows, really?
0: Who knows? Who I, knows
1: what the future holds? Really? Yeah.
0: Maybe I won't even have two more years of school. Maybe we just, everything is online always now. We all become half robot people. Mm-hmm. I would have known your future
1: uh, were we in the before times,
0: so. The before yeah. t- there is no before times anymore. Yeah,
1: I don't. I don't know if there's a real world out there that,
0: that you can emerge. Into. <laughs> I don't. I don't think there is anymore. America has always been at war
1: with coronavirus. <laughs>
0: like Divergent, when they finally figure out their whole utopia or dystopian society was actually just an experiment, and there's a real world out there. Mm. That's how this feels. Like in The Giver. That was how I always imagined yeah. the end of The Giver was. Yeah, like someone out. Like there's a real world somewhere out there, and they're just experimenting on all of us right now that's <laughs> what I, I like to think
1: <laughs> I, I feel like I'm I'm kind of trapped in like a, a very on the nose video game about like end times mm-hmm. I, 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 whenever like I always judge like video games and movies when like there's a lot of very blatant storytelling or like world building like the graffiti will say like end of days and it's like oh yeah. who's really gonna graffiti that except for every day that I go like or not every day but when I go to and from the store there's a graffiti that says global economic collapse and then there's another one that says pandemic and i'm like really, like, really? This
0: is, whose job is that who's doing that it's, <laughs> for all of our, it's for all of our alien visitors so they understand the current state of the world whenever they land p.s
1: ufos did anybody yeah. see the article about ufo oh yeah aliens what? too now did they i was like did they release that to try to draw us away from what's going on you know that's when the government's in a bad place but it's like Man, we got to distract everybody from what's going on. Just give them the alien stuff. Just, just tell them, them a- have it.
0: <laughs> tell them about the UFOs. Man, you know what this feels like? It feels like the end of a novel that had way too much exposition. So they just got to cram in all of the plot twists and all of the loose ends all in like 50 pages. And it's just we're in those last 50 what, pages. <laughs> what, I
1: that, what I hope that means is that we're in the last 50 pages of the Trump presidency. Oh, and God, he's yes, just so. cramming in all of the horribleness that he can because it is ending that is my hope that is my hope i i you know i had that that just pinnacle moment of when I was, uh, I was telling you a minute ago trying to figure out the stimulus check situation and that that the key to it on the irs website is you have to use all caps on your address and that's why millions of people haven't gotten their checks yet and i'm like oh oh everything is so much dumber than it should be <laughs>
0: falling apart everything is just so
1: stupid <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yes, it is. Um, um, all right, let's talk about Taylor. Idea a distraction? Not, yes. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna go back to when I was in college. Um, even though this the the album that uh, we're talking about today is Fiona Apple's "When the Pond." Gonna talk about adjacent Fiona Apple as well, uh, <laughs> but specifically that was the album that I, I really loved. It came out in '99, I believe. So mm-hmm. that was before I was even in high school, but I. Didn't really get into it until uh, I'd say around my that the same place in college, Riley. Around my like like mm-hmm. sophomore year, I think was when I really really got deep into Fiona Apple. Um, yeah, just really a uh, really impactful album for for young Tay. Had you, uh, Riley,
0: before you listened to it, had you heard this album or some of the songs? Um, listening through, there were definitely a few songs that I feel like I'd probably heard. I'm sure. Yeah. TV show or in passing or something. Um, But overall, no, I'd never like intentionally listened, like sat down and listened to a Fiona Apple album. Mm -hmm. Um, But I really enjoyed it. It was um, I remember we did an episode way back. We first started this and we did the episode on Dodie Clark you all had mentioned that there were some similarities there to, to Fiona Apple, and I, I see that. It's very, like, the kind of, like, alternative, but not, like, all-the-way alternative music that's, like, right on the edge of pop or rock or... Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. It was, it was very good. I enjoyed it. I listened to all of When the Pawn, and then I listened to a few songs off her album that just came out this year. Or last year? This year? Oh, yeah. Just came out. Yeah. Just, just came like, out. this, yeah. uh,
1: like, week or two weeks ago? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some, um, some unit of time. Time, yeah. gets, gets time doesn't measure, exist. But, recent. but uh
0: <laughs> I, I actually did prefer the older album more. Yeah. As opposed to the newer one. I thought I, just you know, I'm a teen, it's twenty twenty, I'll probably like the newer one better, but I I like the older one.
1: I, I have to say on first brush I would agree with you because um I part of it it's hard to untangle something like um the something that was a big part of your growing up and finding things mm-hmm, that like right. felt like they were made more for you. Right. Like aimed more at you in a world where so much of culture doesn't feel like it's aimed at you. Yeah. Something that was like, Oh, like you find a secret treasure of like, Hey, Sydney, mm-hmm. <laughs> this one, this was for, for you. you. Yeah. And like, I, so I think I, it will be hard. It would be hard for me to not like yeah. always have a special place for those songs and that music um, because of that connection and the nostalgia and everything. Uh, I have I I have enjoyed I've listened to Fetch the Bolt Cutters once and then a couple of the songs over again. Mm -hmm. And I've enjoyed it, but I don't think I have the love for it that I will always have for a lot of the songs on Mm -hmm. Win the Pawn. Well, and I think because I I, Fetch the Bolt Cutters is brilliant. Um, But there's something almost uh, like when we get into Win the Pawn, there's so much conflict and like declaration and defense of yourself that's there that i really related to when i was young and there's something really beautiful about vets the bolt cutters it seems to be like i am i'm not easy to understand all the time and i'm an artist and this is me creating work as i see fit and that's it's a very like mm-hmm. resolute presentation like it's a very confident presentation that mm-hmm. i really love on like an artistic level but maybe it doesn't have that like uh, that's not a read on it. I think it's like an evolution, but maybe the conflict was the thing that I really related to more. That uh, you know, mm-hmm. when yeah. I was younger, like now it's like, oh yes, I can sit back and enjoy this on an artistic level. But the early stuff was just so, I don't know. I mean, I you know, Fiona Apples an, is a really kind of fascinating creator. Uh, has uh, I can't I, I I feel like maybe uh, like a current parallel is like Billie Eilish, maybe.
0: Hmm. Okay, Um, I can see that.
1: Yeah, Because that's what I didn't realize. Uh, Fiona Apple was uh, like 18 or like 17 when she was producing Tidal, her first album. Like she was young in the criminal video that that is like hypersexual. And that was what she, you know, won her first Grammy for. And like she was so young and got so much fame so quickly and so much judgment so quickly. And like Mm -hmm. how that shapes you as a person, that's just... That is such a, a hard road to walk now, but especially back then when I feel like the way we treated women in the music industry was, was so brutal. Uh, right. You've, you've probably heard that song, Riley, Criminal. Uh, we'll play it for you after the episode. The, you, I I was gonna, you, you will recognize it yeah. because it was, it was huge. Mm-hmm. I would say of the time, do you think it was her biggest even even over anything from Win the Pawn? Uh, yeah it was uh, it definitely was um, and the song uh, it's about kind of on the face it's, it's about using like your sexuality to get what you want and how easy that is but how you feel bad for it like as a woman that's what mm-hmm. it's about and I feel like that song as much as it was her big hit that launched her to fame it also sort of encapsulated her as this like you know Messed up, seductive, like dangerous—you know, dark it, girl. That that persona that was not really her. You know that she, she had to kind of fight back against that in her career. It it really, and I think you're right. And the the video did that. Mm-hmm. So like it it put the in case you were wondering if the song was like that. I think the video stuck a pin in it and said yes because. And Riley, I don't know if you've ever, I know that music videos are not as much a thing now, but like when the video came out, it's, she's in like, like a slip kind of thing. Like everybody in it is kind of like laying around, sitting on the floor in a closet on a bed. It's Mm -hmm. all shot in almost like a spotlight lighting up, like a dark room kind of shots here and there. Mm -hmm. Like you're just seeing a glimpse of the. What looks to me, I don't know if you interpret it this way, Taya, but like the aftermath of a sexual encounter or okay. multiple sexual encounters. Yeah. And there's a lot of like bruised legs and mm-hmm. things, you know, I mean, it, it looks like something you're not supposed to see. Yeah. Something dirty, something. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it it, it was like I, I don't it was huge. Yeah. I mean, it I remember I watched it. Repeatedly, because I just found it so like, oh my gosh. Right. Well, <laughs> like, I'm not supposed to, oh my gosh, yeah. I can't see these things, but I,
0: I have to look. And yeah. I mean,
1: it's, it's a, it's a, the, the video had a lot of acclaim and because it, it, for good reason, it, it's shot like a crime scene. Like, it's literally like, it feels like, it, re- yes. it reminds me of, you know, in the opening of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre when they're going through the basement and like it's kind of the shaky camera and the mm-hmm. lights directed. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's, it has that feeling of like, Yeah, documenting the aftermath of something really terrible, which makes sense with the song. But even like lyrically, yes, that is, you know, that's what the song is about is using your sexuality to get something. But it's not just on the nose like, oh, I'm sexy. I get what I want. It's like I feel really conflicted about the fact that this is the way the world responds to me. And I, I, I saw an interview with her when I was doing some research for this where she was talking about that. Like, what does it mean that, you know you can shine the light on my face a certain way and I can, you know, pose a certain way and get what I want. Like I, maybe I don't like that. Maybe I don't like, like that is, that's a weird thing to contend with that like, mm-hmm. my words have less meaning, but my body has more power. And I think that it, it runs to, like such a deeper thought process than just what I think a lot of people stapled her as very early in her life and in her career is like, Oh, you're sexy and troubled. <laughs> yeah 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 it very it very the crime scene is exactly i mean obviously it's called criminal but like yeah they're 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 flashlights it looks like the police investigating a murder scene Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, interesting
1: yeah Yeah, it's you should you should watch it and listen
0: you'll you'll recognize the song there were lots of songs i have discovered that i have definitely heard before and recognized and even like the the melodies Mm -hmm. i know but i just don't know names Mm. um i
1: think i think the other thing uh that I'll mention briefly. And then I think there's probably a lot more to say about this, but I think the other thing that for my impression of Fiona Apple at the time, and I don't know if this was good or bad in the long run, I feel like she got tossed in with a lot of other artists because there was, she was at that time where it was like, well, now women can make music for themselves. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Go ahead, girls make your little songs like it it felt very like you're allowed now get angry and make some songs about it Mm -hmm. (laughs) we'll let you and she got tossed in with every other artist who was doing that and that's not necessarily a bad thing because it was it was very popular she wrote that wave of of that kind of music becoming popular and women my age at the time seeking it out Mm -hmm. to try to find more of it um but I think it also lumped her in in a way that like didn't distinguish her as an artist. Mm-hmm. And you could make that you could level that same complaint towards a lot of the female artists who were tossed into that basket. Right. When the things they were doing, yes, had similarities, you know, that they, they were both playing a piano or whatever. But the music they're making and the stories they're telling were their own. Mm-hmm. But it's so like our culture to say. When, you know, when music is made by men or a man, like it is allowed to stand alone and be viewed as its own thing. Whereas at the same moment, all these women are making music. So we'll just call it all chick music and angry chick music. That's what it all was. It was all oh, that's some more of the angry chick music that everybody's listening to right now. And it was all just tossed in together where all these artists were doing their own thing. Um, and getting very little recognition for the individual
0: artistry mm-hmm. behind what they were doing. And she was young, too, right? Yeah, when she started. I mean, that's even more so, just a, I don't know. I feel like there's a difference between making the the quote unquote chick music and like using your position as a quote unquote, chick artist <laughs> to like make a statement about the music industry and about being a famous woman when you're young. I feel like that's what she did a lot. That's Mm -hmm. how her music sounds to me. It's like, it's not just, I just want to be famous and make popular music and everyone will like this. So that's why I'm making it. It was like, this all has meaning. There's meaning in the words and the way the song is crafted and the, the, you know, things I've chosen to sample and put in here. And like, it's all very much like a statement, like a cohesive, almost like, when you listen to a musical theater album and it's yeah. all like one cohesive like message mm-hmm. and music like that's how I felt listening to her album was just like this is all one thing this is meant to be listened to as a whole well, I think that's very true
1: well and I think uh, it's beautiful kind of the the reason she gives to why she started writing music. she started young like she was writing songs and learning the piano at like seven she is a that's crazy. Like, young, like this is what I'm going to do. But she says that she started writing because when she wanted to be more succinct in an argument with her parents, instead of arguing with them face to face, she'd go to her room and write a letter about how she was <laughs> feeling. And then she'd come quietly and give it to them. And I think it's really beautiful. Her statement was at that point, it didn't matter if I won the argument or not. What mattered was that I succinctly said what I wanted to say. And wow that's and I feel like that that idea of like I'm writing what I my I'm writing my side of the argument and that is my piece that is something that I a lot of her music continues to do throughout her life is feel like this is you know this is my punch back or this is what I have to say on the matter <laughs> yeah yeah Wow. um let's talk I want to talk more about the music itself and uh some of that but before we do that yeah. let's check the group message uh Taylor Riley you know how much I love to talk about pants
0: (laughs) you (laughs) You love to talk about pants I do love
1: to talk about pants because there's nothing like finding a great pair of pants that can take you throughout the entire day without having to switch to alternate pants sure I hate having to have multiple pairs of pants to fulfill my needs throughout the day Uh, And the thing is, beta brands, dress pant, yoga pants, fulfill all of my needs by looking professional and stylish, but also having the same comfort as my favorite sweats. Mm -hmm. They are not yoga pants. They are dress pants. They just feel like you're wearing yoga pants. There's a very important difference there. Yes. They're that comfortable. So you can wear them to work and nobody will be like, are you wearing yoga pants? Although some... I guess sometimes that's okay. Where I okay. work, they would say, are you wearing yoga And then I would say, no. They're Beta Brand. They're Beta Brand Dress Pant Yoga Pants, mm-hmm. as you can tell. But nobody would say that because they look like dress pants. They're yeah. dress pants. That are as comfortable as yoga pants. Yes. Did I make that clear? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that way you can uh, you can wear your Beta Brand Dress Pant Yoga Pants to work, feel totally comfortable for me. I already owned a pair long before we ever started uh Talking about them on the show because they uh, are perfect for somebody who has to, like, in my job when I'm examining people, sometimes I have to, like, get down, crouch down, or, like, I mean, you know, with kids, like, sometimes I'm on my knees listening to heart and lungs, whatever I have to do. And dress pants, yoga pants allow me to do that, move, feel comfortable. I get home, I can play with my kids. Um, I don't have to change into sweats because I'm already totally comfortable. They're wrinkle resistant. Uh, I really can't, I really can't say enough. They are the most comfortable dress pants you'll ever wear. Um, they take you from day to evening to whatever you got to do. I would highly recommend them. Uh, if you got to go to work looking good, but you also want to feel good. So, Taylor, if our listeners want to check out Beta Brand Dress Paint Yoga Pants, what should they do? Well, right now, you can get 25% off your first order if you go to betabrand.com slash buffering. That's 25% off your first order for a limited time at betabrand.com slash buffering. Find out why women are ditching typical work pants for Beta Brand's Dress pant Yoga Pants. Go to betabrand.com slash buffering. Get that 25% off.
0: Go get that money. Get
1: it. <laughs> Pants seem really good for right now where you want to be comfortable, but you also want to feel like you like a person. Yeah, that's like the perfect yeah. pant for this moment. <laughs> yeah, they really are. I, can, I I wear them at home when I'm doing work. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like you. right now when I'm working from home right so. now. Yeah. Right this second. So, uh, yeah. So one thing I thought we should talk about, because, Riley, you mentioned that you feel like the whole album, almost like a musical theater album, mm-hmm. like it all is a cohesive mm-hmm. thought. Um, And I think that's very true. I always I wonder, too, as you say that it hit me that, like, I often have trouble remembering the titles of her individual songs. Yeah. Like, if you ask me about a song or about Fiona Apple, I'll say, well, you know, that one song and then I'll have to sing a bit of it Mm -hmm. because I don't remember what each one is. called, Or I'll just name some random lyrics from it because I don't remember the titles. And I wonder if it has that because that that's often that can be true sometimes about a really cohesive musical theater album is you don't remember what that individual Song was just the moment yeah the they all moment kind of flow together mm-hmm. and, it, and it has that feeling to it mm-hmm. um but the
0: title is really interesting i don't know the the story behind the title
1: uh well so the the title of course we always refer to the album as "Win the pawn or "Win the pawn dot 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 <laughs> yeah. dot 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 <laughs> is because it's actually the full title of the album is a poem um uh, I don't know if I should read the whole thing. I don't know. It's not a... v not that long. It's not it's that not long. Very long. Uh, so the, the actual poem is, uh, When the pawn hits the conflicts, he thinks like a king. When he knows, throws the blows when he goes to the fight. And he'll win the whole thing before he enters the ring. There's no body to batter when your mind is your might. So when you go solo, you hold your own hand. And remember that depth is the greatest of heights. And if you know where you stand, then you know where to land. And if you fall, it won't matter because you'll know that you're right. Uh, really kind of beautiful and succinct um and the the story behind the poem is actually uh so this is the thing about fiona apple she you know had title come out uh the criminal video the criminal song got you know massive praise but then she got so much hate uh you know it was really put in this box of just being this like difficult moody crazy like somebody described her as more insufferable than courtney love uh like i'm a fan of Fiona Apple and Courtney Love, but that's a statement in the '90s. Um, like so, she was she was on the on yeah. tour and found this article where she was, I think, on the cover of Spin magazine, and then inside there were all these letters that they published about her. People just complaining about her and hating yeah. on her, and she, you know, kind of says like, "I couldn't run away from it, so I wrote this poem." And so she wrote this poem in response, kind of as a, her own personal pep talk in response to all of these people just. You know reading her in this magazine um and uh and when she chose to make it the title uh her reasoning was kind of cute too is like uh she said i don't know like every song is its own little world to title an album feels strange so i just put this this poem as a title uh also got got crap for that too people thought it was pretentious and begging for attention and people made all these jokes about her album title uh, it held the wor- like was in the Guinness World Record as being the longest album title, but only for like a year or two because then like a year or two later, another band like a a bunch of dudes had a really long album title, and then Chumbawamba did, and they never got crap for it. But she, you know, <laughs> <laughs> only, only did that for like a minute, uh, and then Chumbawamba did. Yeah, I think I think that really was like they they took the title for a minute of having the the longest album title. I don't know, but you know. <laughs>
0: That's just one of those stupid things that you make fun of someone famous for, usually because they're, like, a woman. (laughs) Like, that's honestly, like, if that would have been a man doing that, some popular, famous, I don't know, 90s artist, I'm not even going to try to name one because I'm not going to name one that was probably actually popular. um, If they would have done that and made it, like, a super long, like, deep, meaningful poem they'd written, everyone would be like, oh my gosh, they're so, like, deep and sophisticated and intelligent but Fiona Apple doesn't. It's like, oh, she's so pretentious and snobby. It, it Well, and
1: it really speaks to the, the shame of like, I mean, I guess I was about to say men, male artists don't get thrown into the same bucket the way that we're talking about Fiona Apple and other female artists of the time. Um, but I guess like boy bands would probably just be <laughs> yes, that. They would have something to add to the conversation. That's fair. <laughs> uh, they, they definitely, entered the chat, right? They definitely did. And, and, I guess do are there new ones
0: I don't know boy bands are there new boy bands I could not (laughs) I have no idea do the Jonas Brothers still count are they a man band they're all kind of old now
1: Uh, are they allowed to have emotions and individual presences now has that happened for the Jonas Brothers I think they are that's good you know what I think they are now that's good (laughs) because that's really the difference is that I always feel like I mean women kind of have to be products and products have to like have reliability and like shiny packages, but men can be people and they're messy and they kind of, you know, they can, they can walk out on a show and it's like, oh wow, he got mad and walked out. That's so manly. Yeah. But like, a you know, a woman does it. It's like, no, you're not supposed to do that. You didn't function properly. <laughs> well, and you don't see like, I, I always think like so much was made uh, about the time about like, uh, I saw one description of Fiona Apple's like her moody piano playing or something <laughs> So much was made. <laughs> I'm of, in a bad mood, so I just compose an eloquent piano composition. Yeah, that's yep. how it works. That's <laughs> how I get out my angst. It's <laughs> like, like you the idea period, that period, you wrote a concerto <laughs> <laughs> Well, wow. and the I what they're trying to talk about, I think, is like it, is when it's heavier. When the music is heavier, when okay. you can tell that she is she is hitting the keys more forcefully. Sure. And Fiona Apple is not the first person to ever uh, use music to also express emotion (laughs) Um,
0: or to like forcefully play a piano uh, or any other emotion. (laughs) But it just but so much was made of that. And like
1: you you heard the same thing. I would say Tori Amos got Mm -hmm. some of that, too. Uh Like although it was always like her weird piano playing. (laughs) Um, Either way, it's a way of skirting saying like they're very talented musical artists. In addition to I like their music, they're also really good at what they do. But the, but there was so much like uh, about that and like, well, they're just girls playing piano and whatever. And you don't, I will say that boy bands aside, you didn't hear like Ben Folds wasn't like, well, I mean, he's basically just Elton John, right? Like he's a guy on a piano. <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's what that is. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, you weren't yeah. like, well, <laughs> Billy Joel, there's <laughs> just Ben Folds, Billy Joel, I, you know, I mean, like yeah. you didn't you didn't see these people like like male artists because they play the same instrument. Like, well, they're just all basically. Right. The same, yeah. you know, um, but you but you did see that. And like if you look at like Tori Amos music and Fiona Apple music, I know that there is a lot of like they're telling personal stories that oftentimes are not male stories, you know. And so like there are those similarities. But their music is distinctly different. Mm -hmm. The feel of it is different. Everything about it is different. And I I enjoy both immensely. But, I mean, I I don't think that all music played on a piano is ever thrown in the same bucket. And so why were so many artists of the time?
0: Yeah.
1: Well, and that's because when Tidal came out, uh, that was kind of, I think that was 96. And that was definitely that, like, Jagged Little Pill, you know, like Lilith Fair, moment that mm-hmm. we were having i think that the thing that i really love about win the pawn is this is a little bit forward in time it was kind of after that that trend had died down you know and yes and it was such a purposeful like no 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 it it wasn't like a trend this is i'm i'm me and i'm gonna like make my peace like it was very much mm-hmm. an identity album and uh and I, I love like the reviews at the time of this album. Uh, which were largely written by men, uh, are like so begrudgingly praising. Like somebody was like, yeah, it's a real ball breaker, but I mean that as a compliment. Like, it's like <laughs> These people that were angry, okay. they were mad that mm-hmm. she'd made a good album because it's like, I mean, yeah, it's, you know, it's good, but yeah, she's still mad. <laughs> like, well, yeah. <laughs> well, it's just a shame because it's the, they're the same people who were just, So pleased with themselves when like Jule's second album did not do as well as her first Mm -hmm. or when Alanis Morissette's second album did not do as well as her first these people were just so pleased to say like see told ya yeah (laughs) told ya they weren't that good it was just they were it was just trendy yeah Yeah. well and that's I mean if you like the I think because what what was it about this album specifically that meant like so much to me? And sometimes you don't always know why an album means something to you, but like this is one where I can succinctly say what it was. And it's this treaties against this. I mean, she she ta- uses the word crazy in three songs over this album, and it's such an in depth like portrayal of her like grappling with that identity that was put upon her, which is just such a thing to be a a young, like, you know, like woman identifying person. Like you just have to accept the world's going to staple an identity to your chest. And that's what you get. And it's just so her being like, Oh, I'm crazy. Okay. How crazy am I? Like, Oh, you're, you know, like I'm a mess. Yeah. Let me show you how messy I can be. And at my, Mm -hmm. you know, when I was in my early twenties, like in college, like such a difficult time for me. And I think that there was that, that, desire to be perfect and be good and fit the image that i should fit this album was a counterpoint of like or you could be whoever you want to be and just be like deal with it though <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: and and the the music it really like it's well i do think there are hooks in there for sure i don't i don't think you can deny some of the songs have some oh, yeah some really sure hooky moments yeah. you know um it is not reliant on that yeah it is. I, I feel like it is It is someone who is making the music that they want to make that is in them to make and hopefully others will enjoy it but it's also okay if they don't mm-hmm. I feel that I don't know if I don't know Tay, if you agree but I feel that amplified in Fetch the Bolt Cutters mm-hmm. like there are moments where she's even just talking where they're, they're not you know musical moments necessarily and I, I feel like it is it's a whole artistic work. It right. is more than just music. It, yeah. you know, it is elevated to an art piece in and of itself. Well, yeah. And I'm I'm going to talk about something that's a little a little difficult about her her personal life. Uh, so, you know, trigger warning about sexual assault. She was uh she was raped when she was like 12 years old. Uh and she said that she's never purposely written about that, but I think that like there is a purposefully impenetrable quality to her music that, uh, and she's unfits uh, the bolt callers. She talks about it more directly. She has references to her assault, but um, I think that that is something that a lot of people can feel in her music is I, I don't want to be accessible to you and I don't have to be, mm-hmm. I don't have to be digestible, accessible or, you know, penetrable to you. And that is a very powerful, like, Amazing quality to her music that I definitely connected to when I was young, without even knowing about her history, without even knowing about her past. Mm-hmm. I felt that in the music that that desire to like say like no, 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 I'm difficult, and maybe you know you don't have to get me. And that's what I, I love. Those like the 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 off tempo moments, the moments where that just like you know like the the discord that sometimes come into it. I just think that is such a quality of her music that is important to the whole idea behind her and that is you know it it speaks to the difference between the time like the in music like um the business of music now and then uh back in the 90s it was so there were so many artists coming out constantly who were like getting big for five minutes and like for one song and then they would just move on the the you know the music companies just move on to the next one move on to the next one, and like you said Tay, it had to be packaged. It had to be either part of the trend, part of the theme. You know, just throw this song out there because it fits. They don't have anything else that fits. Move on to the next band, um, or it had to. You know, uh, if it was going an artist was gonna have a career, they had to have their own like already. Thing. For, you know yeah merchandisable yeah. thing um and it is hard to do that i think i think that uh the more you listen to her music the more attached to it you become but as like a radio hit yeah th- not every song is going to immediately pull you in on the radio listening to it as a piece is more of an experience right.
0: i was thinking about that when you all were talking about you know bands having to out with their next great thing and getting replaced and being one album wonders and stuff like that I feel like that's just not the same music culture that exists today no like, it's different now I could not think of a band or artist other than it became super popular for a while that like all the Disney Channel actors that like left acting at Disney Channel made albums for a while and then some of them stopped but all the people I listen to like continue to put out music and have been pretty popular since their first big hit and then have just continued to grow since then. Mm -hmm. It's a very different environment. I don't know if it's just changing on the way people buy music. You know, you can't buy albums and CDs anymore. You go to concerts and that's how artists make their money. So they go on a lot of tours and they just appeal to a lot more people and then you just wait for their music to come out. But I, I definitely think that contributes to her being able to put out this more raw, even more emotionally vulnerable album in 2020 mm-hmm. than the culture would allow her to in 1999. Because, yeah. like, it is just make what you want, and people will still criticize and talk about it if they don't like it. But it's not, you have to make whatever's trendy and whatever's going to be popular, I guess.
1: Well, uh, it, it, yeah, because that's such a. That's such a thing to be able to do as like, a, I think, as an artist to put out work that is that requires more time and requires personal in- investment from the listener. It's not just instantly catchy and instantly like, oh, I like this. It's a yeah. bop. Like to be able to put that out and have people respect you enough to give you the time to listen to it, because that's really what like I think Fetch the Bolt Cutters does is it opens up. You know, it's like, it's like a fine mm-hmm. wine. You got to kind of let it sit there. You got <laughs> to let it sit in the background and go like, oh, yeah, this is beautiful. And I, I do agree that it the, the, the atmosphere is so different now that maybe... Also, I think the respect that we give to, to yeah. women creators is hopefully... I feel like increased a little bit, but uh, yeah, better than it used yeah, to be. you know, yeah. now now it's like we're willing to say, "Oh, I'm going to listen to this, and I'm going to try to get it." Like it's not it's not your job as an artist to give me something that I can just instantly understand. I, it's my mm-hmm. job as a consumer and appreciator of art to actually try to en- in- engage and interact with it, which is mm-hmm. more the, the respect that she always deserved. But you know, she can right. command now it's the way we're talking about it that's a lot more akin to um the way you should really experience like a classical piece Mm
0: -hmm. you know
1: i mean to really appreciate like a like a classical piece of music the more you listen to it the more you find those things and feel those things and become it becomes something that you're close to and um i think her music it reminds me of that feeling. Like mm-hmm. the more I listen to it, the more I feel like I experience it and I get it and I feel it and I, I find things in there that were hidden that I hadn't noticed before. And um, that's quite an accomplishment for an artist to do on their own without an entire orchestra. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to, to back them up and do that's, that's uh, You know, that's that speaks to a
0: composer working on this. Um, Especially when there's so much of society and culture that is Seemingly actively rooting right. against you. Well, yeah. To yeah. Do and that's,
1: that. I mean, that's, I think that, you know, when the pawn just happened at such a collision of like all the criticism she was getting and her just absolute fighting back of like, nope, I'm gonna, not only am I gonna keep making music, I'm gonna make a whole album that says, well, actually, here's my side. <laughs> here's my point. Yeah. Uh, she did have, uh, she worked with Paul Brian. Paul Brian Breon uh, was the producer. And uh, I loved uh, him recounting like how she approached him with it was basically like look i'm good at writing i can sing and i can play the piano you're good at all the other stuff so let's do it that way because she walked in with basically <laughs> a fully formed win the pawn as far as the lyrics and the piano parts but obviously there's so much other or- orchestral stuff going on in it like he added all that right. right in mm-hmm. but you know mm-hmm. for her to really after getting such a beating and uh, just to come forward and be like this is what i'm good at and you do this <laughs> that's how we're gonna make yeah. this album uh yeah it's just yeah the, the the confidence that must have taken wow uh Man. well, it's great, and I'm yeah. glad that that uh you decided to bring it to share with us me today. too yeah well i yeah i think it's a it's a really it's a, it's a so so formative in my in my youth like i don't know i yeah just that and and also i mean i don't i know we're we're kind of at point, but like she was talking about mental illness before we were ready to really stop talking about it in hush hush voices you know like she was Mm -hmm. engaging Mm -hmm. with her her mental illness she was engaging with her internal monsters and she wasn't shunning them as much as she was embracing them and saying this is part of me and that's another thing that i think was so ahead of her time uh to be doing in the mainstream to be doing with pop sensibilities you know yeah it's, it's nice to see, because you don't always, to see an artist who, in retrospect, you can look back on and realize those things about, and they were not given credit for at the time, mm-hmm. um, be able to have the kind of longevity where they can come out with something as new and and high quality as Fetch the Bolt Cutters and be celebrated for that. And then you can kind of look retroactively mm-hmm. celebrate them for their entire career. It's yes. nice to see somebody get that because you don't always you don't always get that second wave and so it's nice yeah she deserves it it's what she deserves yeah (laughs) well if you have not listened to fiona apple you should for sure
0: uh riley yes you're next, right? I am, and I didn't realize this until we were about halfway through the episode. So I started frantically searching yeah, through my list out. of things. Usually, we, we check in. Mm-hmm. There's a little peek
1: behind Oops. the curtain. Usually, yeah. we check in with each other before we start recording to say you've picked something for next week, right? Um, and thank- we <laughs> forgot.
0: Yeah, thankfully, I have a running list on my phone, so I was just looking up things. Um, I don't think I've done a TV. Have I done a TV show? The Circle. I don't. If think- I have it, has oh, I did The Circle. That was a while ago. I want to do a TV show. Okay. Um, it is called Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Okay. Starring oh, Starring okay. Rachel Bloom. Um, there are lots of seasons. Don't have to watch all of them. Maybe just like a few episodes. Trying to get a sense for like the format of the show and the characters and stuff like that. Um, it's one of my favorites, but I also think it's really different and important culturally. So. Okay. Talk about that all next right. week. It's we on will, Netflix if you want to watch it. We will do so. I
1: think yes. I have time. <laughs> If yeah we all have time whatever so. that means <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how many chalk drawings I have to do before it's next true. week so. true. why is the ghost at Hansa apartment watching Crazy Ex-Girlfriend I don't know <laughs> 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 you're not a ghost I promise you and yes. for all you listening Unless at home we all are ghosts <laughs> uh, you are not ghosts <laughs> I know that it can feel that way right now um, I told Justin I feel like the guy from Memento <laughs>
0: Yeah,
1: (laughs) Yeah. I feel like every few minutes, all of a sudden I become aware again and look around and go
0: and just start frantically leaving post-it notes. I forget. Yeah. Did I forget something?
1: So I only say that because if you at home are feeling like a ghost or you're in Groundhog Day or the guy from Memento or any other analogy you can come up with for this, um, you're not alone. We're all feeling that way. This will pass.
0: We will all get through it together. Yes.
1: Just continue to stay home and stay safe. I think most scientists feel that if you are in a state where things are opening back up, maybe things are getting rushed just a little. So just continue to be cautious. Be be careful. Um, you know, it's, it's OK if, if you're still thinking maybe it's not maybe I'm not ready to go to a restaurant or movie theater just yet. That's OK. That's there are scientists who would back you up on that decision. Um, so stay safe. Take care of each other and yourselves. And thank you both. Thank you. Thank yes. you. I'm nodding at you in mm-hmm. approval. Yes. Thank, yes. You. Yes. thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you. Thank you to Maximum Fun. You should go to MaximumFun.org for a lot of podcasts that you would enjoy. Uh, you can tweet at us at StillBuff. You can email us at stillbuff@maximumfun.org. And thank you to, to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Mind.
0: This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am a teenager. I yeah. am still buffering. <laughs> I, got so I am still a teenager, but I am still buffering is our new thing. I am still buffering. Um, and uh, I, I am, am two? two. I'm sorry, I'm still a teenager, so it's just confusing. It's fine. It's all fine.
1: It's just that's all it's, it we're well.
0: We're <laughs> <laughs> it, okay? well. I don't know what anything, but
1: <laughs> please stay, please stay, better. matter where oh, yeah. Tuesday. <laughs> oh, no. All right.
0: Video games. Video games. Video games. by me, Kirk Hamilton, me, Jason Shire, and me, Maddie Myers. You can find triple click wherever you get your podcasts and listen at MaximumFun.org. Bye. MaximumFun.org.
1: Comedy and culture. Artist owned.
0: Listener supported.